Welcome to Political Zoo, a podcast all about politics, people, and policies that affect you and our country. My name is Anthony Ross. I'm Robert Eagle. Join us, two unapologetic progressives, as we take a deep dive into the stories behind the political news with a no BS approach that is refreshing, informative, and funny. Now let's talk politics. Democrats, close the liquor cabinet, put down the razor blades. Don't swallow that whole damn bottle of Ambien you're looking at right now. And for God's sakes, get off the ledge. This race is not over. And this election perfectly encapsulates the zeitgeist of 2020. The fretting, the anxiousness, the fear, the unknown that has defined 2020. Well, we're seeing it play out right now during this 2020 election. And For our listeners out there, we are recording this right now at 12 a.m. Wednesday morning. We will not know the winner of the presidential election come Wednesday morning. But the picture has become pretty clear what Joe Biden needs to do and what Donald Trump needs to do in order to win this race. Right now, we're going to recap what we've seen play out so far on election night. And it starts with Florida, Florida, Florida. You know, I brought out the razor blades in the Ambien as soon as results started to pour in from the state of Florida, okay? And if you listen to our predictions, I was gung-ho on Florida because I was looking at everything. I was like, damn, we all all know black voter turnout is going to surge. And from the results, the, the preliminary results, it looks like black voter turnout has surged. And then I was like, Biden, he's doing well with senior voters. And the thing is, as those results were pouring in from Florida, it became abundantly clear one part of the Democratic coalition is to blame. I am not one to put the entire blame onto one group of people, but I'm about to do that right now. Latinos are the entire reason that we lost Florida. Take a listen to this. Biden, he flipped Duval County, which is heavily black. And that's in the Jacksonville area, correct? Yes, which is in the Jacksonville area. Trump won that in 2016. Biden has won that tonight, which indicates that Biden, black voters turned out for Biden. In Pinellas County, that is where a bunch of senior voters are. It's right next to Tampa. Biden flipped that. That is the swingiest county of Florida. Biden prevailed. He did better than Hillary Clinton did with senior voters in Florida. And then in Seminola County, which is north of Orlando, he flipped that county, which is the suburban area of Orlando. So so the suburban shift came through. And then in Orange County, which Hillary Clinton did carry marginally, Biden is now carrying that by a pretty large margin, and that is because of the suburban shift. So what happened? I'll tell you what happened. In Miami-Dade County, which is primarily Latino, a county that Hillary Clinton won by 30% in 2016, Joe Biden only has a lead right now of 6%. 6%. That is a 24% fall off. And we're talking Cuban Americans in Miami-Dade County here. It was a catastrophic failure of the Biden campaign to turn out Latino voters. But I'm getting a chuckle as I'm listening to you get all wound up here because Florida, Florida, Florida. 
You got Charlie Brown, dude. I told you in our prediction special. I said, Florida is going to break your heart. Where have you been? Every cycle, it breaks Democrats' hearts. And, and 2020 was no different. You should have saw this coming. You're right. I should have seen this coming, but I was seeing the election results and Biden did well with the groups he needed to flip. And everybody was expecting just a marginal shift down in terms of the Latino support. But this is seismic. I mean, if this type of thing holds true for Republicans and they continue to keep winning Latinos by these margins in the state of Florida, it's over. We will never compete in Florida again. And Biden improved with black voters. He improved in the suburbs. He improved with senior voters. And those are white people and they turn out, okay? And we still lost because we had a 20 plus percentage point drop off. And because of that, uh, Donna Shalala, who is in my Miami-Dade County as she won her seat in 2018, it is a super urban county. Looks like we're going to lose that seat because all the Cubans decided to go vote for the Republican. Debbie McCaskill-Powell, who is uh, along the southern tip of Florida there, also in Miami-Dade County, another Democratic seat we picked up. We're going to lose that as well. And it's simply because... All of these Latinos all of a sudden decided, you know what, Republicans, I actually like you. I like that you denigrate our entire race. I like the fact that you put Latino immigrants in cages on the border. And I I guess I just haven't been paying attention for the past four years. And I decided to vote for Donald Trump because of socialism. Fuck you. I totally agree. Pinche Latinos in Florida, right? However, you're, you're talking about not competing in Florida ever. Wake up. We haven't competed in Florida since 2012. That's been eight years. Florida is going the way of a Missouri. It is becoming a red state. Let it go. Let it go. Florida is gone, my friend. You need to. No, no, no. We need to move on for brevity's sake here. Florida has gone. I agree with you. Joe Biden catastrophically underperformed with Latinos. And that's why we lost Florida. He surpassed Hillary Clinton with all other demographics. Agreed. And here's to your point, which you made earlier, you you hinted on it. It's low information voters. Trump's message was socialism, socialism, socialism. I'm going to hit one more thing on Latinos here. The theory that I have come up with here is that these Latinos and We've seen that Donald Trump, we don't know what the final numbers on this is going to be, but apparently he's bitten a bit into uh, support among black men that has usually been traditionally for the Democrats. And the only thing that I can come up with at this point is these voters, they want a piece of the patriarchy. And this is basically what I think I have boiled this down to. They look at basically Donald Trump. I'm rich. I've got all this money. Yes. Yes, That's what you're hinting at. Yes. They look at basically the built-in advantages that exist for white men in America, because obviously white men built the systems in America. And they're like, you know what? We don't, we want a piece of that. And they want to leave behind. And Donald Trump spoke to that. Yes. Yes. And they want to leave behind and suppress the rest of the women in their communities along with other people as long as they get a piece of it. That muchisimo culture is a huge part of Latino culture. And it always has been. And It always will be apparently in Florida. Anyways, do you know what the keystone state to this whole 2020 election is? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, the damn nickname is the keystone state. And God damn it, Pennsylvania is going to decide this election. So what it's looking like right now is that no states have fundamentally shifted. 
Trump is winning all the states that he won in 2016. And Joe Biden is winning all the states that Hillary Clinton won. The one possible exception is Arizona, but it's too early in the night to really make a call on that. But it's going to come down to those three damn Rust Belt states of Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. And here's the really good news for Democrats and and why I said, take a big deep breath, step back from the ledge. It's not over. This is going to be decided later in the week. It might take a couple days, but here's the good news. In 2016, Donald Trump won Wisconsin by only 22,000 votes. In Michigan, Donald Trump only won by 10,000 votes. And in Pennsylvania, Donald Trump only won by 44,000 votes. Here's the good news. We've seen Donald Trump basically perform as he did in 2016. He's not outperforming what he did. In fact, Joe Biden has actually cut into some of that lead. In Ohio, for example, Trump won Ohio in 2016 by roughly eight percentage points. It's looking like Trump's going to win it by around six or seven. So the good news is, is that Biden doesn't have to wildly outperform Hillary Clinton in 2016 in Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Yeah, but that doesn't mean all these Democrats aren't aren't going to be sweating this out. And what will happen in these three Rust Belt states is absentee ballots, for the most part, a majority of the counties across these states have not been counted. You are getting election day votes in about 90% of the counties reporting in Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania. There are a few counties in Pennsylvania which decided to report their absentee ballots tonight, like uh, Lackawanna County, where Scranton, Pennsylvania is, but in Philadelphia. Hey, hold on. Speaking of Lackawanna County in Pennsylvania, Joe Biden outperformed Hillary Clinton by three percentage points. And obviously, Scranton is Joe Biden's hometown. uh, So that's a good early sign in Pennsylvania. Full votes are in now from Scranton, Pennsylvania, and he has outperformed. And places like Pittsburgh, Erie, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, the suburbs of that, Dolphin, Pennsylvania, where Harrisburg is, those places will not fully report until the absentee ballots come in. And that has not happened yet and will not happen until tomorrow, at and least. I found it really interesting tonight, but yet incredibly frustrating. So what we saw play out in North Carolina, in Ohio, and Florida, basically Democrats, I wouldn't say worst nightmare, but pretty damn close to it. We did end up cannibalizing our early vote. In other words... There was this assumption that, wow, Democrats, there's this huge voter surge in these states. Look at all this record turnout. And even Texas was among those states. But it turns out, no, Democrats, they just didn't show up on Election Day. They voted early. And then what we saw when the results came in tonight was that, oh, damn, Joe Biden's ahead in Texas. He's ahead in North Carolina. He's ahead in Ohio. But then the same day votes came in. And it turns out Republicans weighed it and they showed up in mass and just overran Biden's early vote margin. And it just slowly washed away. And we saw it play out state after state after state. So frustrating to watch. But as you mentioned, the reverse is true in Wisconsin. Right now, because of their every state has vote, different voting laws, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, they are showing right now their same day vote but they won't start tabulating their early votes until Wednesday and Thursday. And hell, it's looking like some of these results might not come in until Friday. 
One other interesting thing that I've noticed in Wisconsin is in-person voting is basically, for the most part, one of the few things that have been reported out of the state of Wisconsin. But even with that, the WOW counties in Wisconsin, which are basically the Republican stronghold of Wisconsin, if they are not winning WOW and they're not winning those counties by 20 plus percent, they will not win this state. That is the base of their support. Unlike other suburban areas in the United States, we have yet to see that trend towards Democrats. But tonight, it's looking like it's actually starting to trend towards Democrats. We are seeing smaller and shrinking numbers in the WOW counties compared to where Republicans previously were when they were winning those counties by 30%. Another ray of hope that I would like to talk about tonight is the Grand Canyon state of Arizona. Now, it's still early. We don't have the full results, but it's looking pretty good for Joe Biden in the state of Arizona. And Robert, can you explain the importance if Joe Biden were to win Arizona and how it could sort of give him a buffer against maybe a fail in Pennsylvania? Arizona, it is super important if the Biden campaign wants some semblance of a sane mind moving forward. No, let's just be honest. It's plan B. Let's say Joe Biden loses one of the three Rust Belt states of Wisconsin, Michigan, or Pennsylvania. He's going to need Arizona. Yeah, he'll definitely need Arizona. And if he wins Arizona, and let's say he loses Pennsylvania, because Pennsylvania is the closest state. If he wins Arizona and he wins Nebraska's 2nd Congressional District, which it looks like he is going to win, cross your fingers on that, the results are not fully in, then he can still come away with just 270 electoral votes. But that's it. That's all you need. That's all that matters. Yes, that is the ultimate plan B because Joe Biden can lose Maine's second congressional district, that one electoral vote. But if Biden picks up that second congressional district in the state of Nebraska, that puts him at 270 and Trump at 268. But it also not only applies to Pennsylvania, it can apply to other states as well. Like, let's say, for example, Biden wins Arizona and he wins Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, but he loses Michigan. The math still works out because Pennsylvania has 20 electoral votes. Michigan has 16, which is four less. So Biden would still win. So that Arizona presidential race is everything because we don't want to put all our egg in that basket of the Rust Belt states. That's too risky. He's got to win Arizona for just some breathing room. Also, I always said that Arizona was going to be the next state that Biden would pick up outside of the Rust Belt states. And it's looking like that's going to happen because Democrats' hopes have been dashed all over the map. And whether that is in Florida or whether that is in Georgia or whether that is in Texas, Ohio, Iowa, losses basically across the board. And not all of those states have been called at this point in time, but they're yeah. trending away from the Democrats. Yeah, but you also said Joe Biden was going to win Florida. Now, granted, you did call Arizona for Biden, but um, you've got some shady prognostications in okay. the past. Year. I don't think anybody could have suspected basically the Latino drop off that has happened. And on that, I want to talk about Texas for a second, where Joe Biden, he is definitely at the end of the day going to improve on Hillary Clinton's nine point loss that happened in 2016. But he's definitely going to underperform Beto O'Rourke's two point loss. He'll end up somewhere in between that. And the thing is, it's not because Joe Biden didn't come through with the suburban swing. The suburban swing, for the most part, still did happen. It is because Latino 
Turnout Latinos. again. Latinos. It's not even the turnout. I, I have no idea what the turnout is going to be for Latinos. But in counties on the Rio Grande, where in 2016, Donald Trump only got 17% of the vote. He is now running north of 40%. I mean, they're still going to break for the Democrats, but that that is a 30-point swing of Latinos. I guarantee you, when all these election results come in, Donald Trump, for these massive swings we're seeing, will have, have to have one Latino men. This is just extremely troubling for the Democratic Party, because if these suburban swings had happened, and if Joe Biden had just matched Hillary Clinton's level for Latinos, I bet your ass we would have won Florida. I bet your ass that we would be just as close as Better O'Rourke was in Texas. And even in states like Arizona, we'd probably have an even larger lead than we currently do right now at 12 o'clock at night. I'm telling you, it's the machismo culture that Donald Trump imbibes, right? That has really been absorbed by the Latino community, specifically Latino men. And for those not familiar with that machismo culture, it's basically in the Latino society, the idea of being strong, being tough, being independent and showing no emotion. That is machismo culture. And that is Donald Trump. And when Latinos hear that, they're like, yeah, damn, I like that. I'm going to vote for that guy. That's it right there. And I guess Joe Biden's just a fucking pussy. To Latinos. I, I don't know what else to but say. But what really be- bewilders me is they didn't go for Trump in 2016 and a, a woman was on the other side of that but, ballot. But Trump did not specifically target Latinos in 2016. He spent all of 2020 targeting them. Hell, weeks, months before the election, there was reports that Joe Biden was extremely weak with Latinos and it turned out to be true. Yeah. And it could cost him this damn election. I'm, Joe Biden, it has been said time and time again at this point that he never invested in Latinos. And we just have a call right now as we're recording this podcast. Florida has now been officially called for Donald Trump and I've said it time and time again already, that is because of Latinos. That is the one part of the Democratic coalition that fell apart. And I warned you weeks ago, do not be Charlie Brown, but you didn't listen to me. Not a shocker for me to hear that Florida is red once again. Let's move on to the Senate races. Robert, tell us how the Senate, the race to dethrone Mitch McConnell as majority leader, how is that playing out tonight? The Senate is a fucking clusterfuck. That is basically what's happened. Cal Cunningham, the Democratic challenger to Tom Tillis in North Carolina, looks like he's headed for a loss, even though Roy Cooper, the current Democratic governor, sailing to victory. There's also random Democrats that are running for election as the state attorney general and state auditors, and they appear like they're headed for victory. You know what I think that was? Because you're right, because there's a lot of statewide Democrats that are winning in North Carolina, even though obviously Trump is going to win North Carolina. Yes, and they're beating Republican incumbents. And it's because Democrats... Democratic senatorial candidate Cal Cunningham, it looks like that sexting scandal really did have an effect because, hell, all those other Democrats are doing fine down ballot in North Carolina. It's not only Cal Cunningham that's coming up short. Jamie Harrison in South Carolina, that was a wet dream. Joni Ernst in Iowa, it's looking like she's going to come out victorious. Doug Jones, we knew your ship had sailed. Fuck, the moment you won that special election, he lost. Across the board, Democrats, you're not taking back the Senate in 2020. They flipped Cory Gardner's seat in Colorado early in the night. And as of right now, when we're recording this, there has yet to be another Democratic flip for anywhere across the map. And we'll have a net gain of one. That's what it's looking like. It's looking like former astronaut Mark Kelly in Arizona is probably going to defeat Martha McSally. 
And as you mentioned, Hickalooper in Colorado came out victorious. So there's two wins for us. Montana still to be called, still got Alaska, but those are long shots. So the Senate, it's simply not going to happen. Also, on another note, switching gears here, in terms of pickups in the House, that is not happening. Democrats are going to lose seats in the House. And this is particularly, really, we're seeing it basically in Latino heavy districts. I mentioned the two that we lost in Florida, Will Hurd's seat, who was the only black Republican in their entire caucus. He retired. He was on a district that basically runs the entire southern border of Texas. Democrats were expected to pick that up. Every major prognosticator group from Cook Political Report to Sabato Crystal Ball had that as a lean Democratic pickup. And it looks like the Republicans going to win it by six percentage points there. Just basically across Latino bedrock communities, it was just basically stunning rebuke of the Democrats. What I found just as interesting tonight, aside from those results that you just pointed out, was that there was literally billions, not millions, B with a billions, billions of dollars spent on the 2020 presidential election uh, from the top down from the presidential race to the Senate race to the congressional races in the House. And it's basically status quo. Like not much has changed from 2016 to 2020. Very few of the Senate seats flipped. Very few of the states on the presidential level have flipped. Nothing has really changed. That's very indicative of where our politics is. I think it just shows you how divided this country is. We are a very inflexible electric. Partisan lines have been sharply drawn and nobody's crossing them. Yeah, and another note here, Donald Trump has basically somehow picked up more votes out of rural areas than he did in 2016. I've been going over the numbers as they've been coming in from rural counties across the states, and whether that's in Georgia or whether that's in Kansas or that's in South Dakota, if you're looking at maps as they're coming in, you'll see exceeded expectations in terms of turnout, not just 100% in. That means it's basically the results are like 105% in because they're still getting votes that they didn't expect to get in. And that's because Donald Trump still somehow brought in new voters from rural areas that have never voted before, basically into his coalition, right? And that's basically offsetting all of the suburban swing we're seeing, because we are seeing the suburban swing. We're seeing counties that went for Republicans by 20 points in 2012, going for Biden by 10, 15 points tonight. And we're also seeing that gender gap that we talked about for so many months leading up to 2020. Women are going for Biden in record numbers. However, like you mentioned, the Trump necks, the yahoos out in the sticks are crawling out from under the rocks from which they live and coming out in droves for Donald Trump, which is, like you said, offsetting the Biden wins with women and suburban folks. However, it needs to be pointed out this election is not decided. It literally is going to be on a razor's edge and it's going to be decided in the next couple of days. It is simply going to come down to three states, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. So yes, we're talking a lot of gloom and doom here. It's obviously not a blue tsunami, but Joe Biden, he's got a really damn good shot of winning. I want some optimism from you. What do you think on those three Rust Belt states as they play out the next couple of days, Robert? As they play out, and, as I, and I'm looking at the numbers now, 
it, they are positively trending towards Joe Biden, which is something you want. And you're also seeing that in Arizona and Nebraska 2nd Congressional District. That does look positive, but you can't help feeling. I feel Democrats felt going into this election that there would have been more of a wave. And that wave has fizzled out on the shoreline because there never was one. And no one was expecting, one, the level of turnout from new Trump supporters that we didn't know existed that didn't turn out in 2016. But also the seismic Latino shifts basically across the country. And well, I'm, here's I'm the good news. No, no, no. Here's the good news. Well. I need some optimism. Here's the good news. In Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, there is not a heavy Latino concentration. So that negates that. So those shifts that we saw across the country in terms of women and suburban voters, it is going to be there in those three Rust Belt states. And we saw that play out in Ohio. Now, granted, Trump did win Ohio, but he is going to win it less than he did in 2016. So Ohio is very similar to those Rust Belt states. So Joe Biden's got a pretty good chance. And like I mentioned, that Latino vote that turned out for Trump in better numbers it's not there in those Rust Belt states. I 100% agree with you. The Latino vote is not there. It's not existent in the Rust Belt states. But also on the note of Ohio that you just brought up, Youngstown, Ohio, which barely split for Hillary Clinton in 2016, has now officially gone for Trump. That's not a surprise, though. That is a working class, non-college educated population. Those trends have been playing out for 20 some years. So, oh, is it a surprise that... That area of Youngstown, Ohio, has gone for Trump? No. Those are trends we've seen for the last 20 years. And I'm not saying it's a surprise. We nominated Joe Biden under the pretense that he would bring some of these working class voters home, right? He would do well in these areas in which Hillary Clinton got cleaned up, in which we lost all of these union voters. And tonight it has proven Joe Biden has not done that. And I'm sitting here wondering, questioning if Democrats in our primary should have chosen a candidate that actually inspires turnout among different parts of our coalition instead of basically a quote unquote bridge builder when nobody else walked across that bridge. I think it's a little too early to be questioning the Democratic nominee at this point. I myself am pretty hopeful with these last three states that are going to decide the election. Not only that, let's talk about a rare nonpartisan issue to end on a really happy note. For all you potters, you weeders out there, in four states, there was recreational marijuana on the ballot in Arizona, Montana, New Jersey, and South Dakota. So you've got some red states, some purple states, and some blue states all voting to legalize recreational marijuana. And I got news for you. It doesn't matter if you're from a blue state or from a red state, if you're a Republican and you're a Democrat, we all can agree America loves the weed. <laughs> Tell us the results, Robert, from those uh, ballot measures. Yes. And of course, New Jersey recreational marijuana passed. And Arizona recreational marijuana passed. In a deep red state of South Dakota. Recreational marijuana <laughs> passed with near 70% of the vote, by the way, in that state. <laughs> so we don't know the outcome of Montana yet, but it's pretty, I think it's safe to say Red, blue, it doesn't matter. We, we love weed in the United States. For all you Democrats out there that are fretting, that are worrying about the results the next couple of days, just chill, light up a fat one, and relax. Joe Biden's got this. 
Thanks for visiting Political Zoo. Please share Political Zoo with your friends and family. Subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Instagram at politicalzoo underscore podcast and Twitter at political underscore zoo. And don't forget, democracy, it's not a spectator sport. So do your part to stay informed and vote. 